Welcome to the Morning Community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Now this morning I I wanted to, uh, I guess, share something that I felt the Lord had, had given me for our next um, I guess the next few months and, and going forward, um, just a reminder in some ways of this season. I don't know about you, I, I quite like getting into a rhythm in life. I don't know if it's because I'm musical or because I used to row when I was a teenager or, or what it is, but I, I struggle when, I'm, when life is kind of out of a rhythm. You know, when, when week on week the, it keeps shifting, um, I, I find that quite hard. And actually, it almost feels a little bit like being in a band that's out of time. It's just jarring and something needs to stop and you need to start again. Or, um, and, and that's kind of, I don't know about you, that's kind of how I've felt recently. It's a little bit like, I just want to get into a rhythm and then it changes again. Um, and especially for us each Sunday, it's... It's quite uh, jarring. Every week it's slightly different. Although, uh, you know, we, we caught up with um, uh, Julia and Aaron Mills, who uh, pastor a vineyard church in Melbourne, Westgate Vineyard, earlier uh, in the week. I think it was last week. And uh, we were reminded how good we have it in many ways. How they have been in lockdown, first their postcode, then the city, and then the region. Um, and we were praying with them and, and just hearing how they're going. And that's, that's pretty tough. And it's quite hard. It's quite a hard season for many of us, um, whether you're in Melbourne or, or even here in Sydney, to find that rhythm. Um, one of the, when I, when I felt the Lord speaking to me about some of the things we're going to look at this morning, I was cycling up one side of Bobbin Head, um, which is an odd place to hear the Lord, but he tends to choose strange times and places to speak to us sometimes. I was huffing and puffing. I was in a rhythm, but I was getting, you know, getting my heart rate up. And then I just felt the Lord saying, um, I started speaking. And so I... Uh, this is quite comical. I started dictating to my phone whilst I was cycling, um, which didn't work very well. But I, I tried to sort of like get it down as best as I could because I don't know about you, but sometimes when the Lord speaks, you just have to drop it. I, could, I guess I could have got off my bike. But you just have to stop what you're doing and get it down because it doesn't, he doesn't always speak to us exactly when we want him to. Um, he has his own timing. And, uh, you know, one of the things I felt him talking about is although church and gathering together and fellowship is, looks different, it keeps changing for us, our calling and our mission as Christians, especially as we walk out these doors, that doesn't change. And I, I, I've, ta- I've been a bit torn about sharing this this morning because... Um, it can feel a little bit like I'm not res- responding to what's going on around us um, and not being, you know, you're not kind of trying to speak into a current context. But I, I actually felt the Lord say, that's okay, because actually there are some things that don't change. And, and sometimes we have to hold on. We have to find those kind of things that are a bit rock-like and go, now let's remember what we're about. And this is a bit, bit of what I want to talk about this morning. So I'm just going to bring up, uh, ask the guys to bring up that first Slide and, and this is a phrase I just felt the Lord speaking to me as I was cycling. As followers of Christ, 
Our mission is to partner with God to bring his life into the world he loves. A mission, this is for all Christians. This isn't, you know, like a new vision statement or, you know, anything like that for us. This is, this is just perhaps some fresh language, but it's true for all of us as Christians. This is our mission. We are to partner with God to bring his life, that eternal life, into a world that he loves. And this morning I want to break, break that down. Thanks, guys. I want to break that down a bit and look at some of those parts. Because... Um, I feel like, well, over the next um, month, we're going to look at a first part, and then next term, we're going to look at the other two parts. So we're going to spend some time unpacking these. And so this morning, my job is to try and kind of just bring a bit of an introduction and get us familiar with some of, of what, what this is about. So we're going to look um, at this first idea that God loves the world. Um, they say that if you... Um, if you want to know what you value, you should look at what gets you upset or what makes you feel uncomfortable. Thank you, guys. You can probably just take that slide off for now. I don't know if you've had that experience. You know when you're talking with someone and you just feel kind of either really uncomfortable or you start getting upset and then you think, why is this making me upset? And then you realize, I really value that. And that either that person doesn't or that, that value is being pushed on here. If you want to know what you value, then, then that is, that's very helpful. And, you know, for me, watching, um, as I have, unfortunately, from time to time, watching Christians try and use fear to force faith onto people is one of those things that makes me very uncomfortable. I've seen it, and, and, and sometimes we, you can even... You know, as you look back through history, you can see the church having done that. And it makes me feel very uncomfortable. The stories, especially from the Middle Ages and the medieval times, of, of people being forced to kind of confess to a certain faith. Otherwise, they're going to get killed. Um, something went really wrong, didn't it, for us as the church when we got to that stage. And there's even bits of that still left over, I think, sometimes, is that we, is that we can do that. Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Can we have that slide back up again, Pete? God loves the world. He loves the world. That is his motive. That is the compelling force behind everything that he does, but behind, um, you know, all that, we, all that we see him do through history. In fact, I love, if we just, let's just think about this verse for a second. What we're being told here is that Jesus is a love gift to the world. God loves the world, and so he gives Jesus. Jesus is a love gift, if you like. Thank you, guys. That's great. So God's why... The why behind what God does is to become our why. His why becomes our why. Does that make sense? It, it is to become the motive behind all that we do, all that we share, all that we say, not just together, but all that we might speak out into the world. 
at the moment, as Christians, I don't know if you feel it, we felt it a bit. We were kind of a bit more under scrutiny at the moment. Some of our neighbors recently asking us, are you still meeting as a church? You know, what's going on there? And, and, and there's a bit more scrutiny on us. And it can feel sometimes a bit easy to feel like the world is coming against us. And, and, and maybe we have to kind of fight against it. But our, the, the reminder this morning is that God loves the world. God loves the world. And we're called to love the world in the way that God loves the world. Because without love as that foundation, you remember 1 Corinthians 13, it's just empty. What we do is like clanging symbol, isn't it? If we don't have love there. So that's, that's one of our core, you know, points is why we do what we do is God's love. So our, our, as followers of Christ, our mission is to partner with God to bring God's life into the world he loves. So if love is the why, then partnering with God, if you like, is the how. Okay? So how do we do that? We partner with God. You know, to me, one of the most remarkable things about the Bible is not, and, and particularly about God, is not so much God's holiness, although that is amazing, or even God's love or forgiveness. One of the most remarkable things that makes me go, wow, is God wants to use us. He wants to do everything he wants to do in partnership with us. Let's just think about that for a second. This is from Psalm 8, 3. It says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Who are we that God would want to partner with us? And yet we see it in creation. You know, we see it with Adam and Eve. He wants, he, 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 he takes Adam and says, go and name each of the animals. He, he appoints them. We're going to unpack this actually in the next coming weeks. But he appoints them to be rulers, to be stewards over his creation. You know, we see it when he makes his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. Each time we see this heart of God, this desire of God, that his purposes would be worked out through his people, through people that he chooses. We see it in his relationship with Moses, with David, with the prophets. God wants to use us. I sometimes go, is he crazy? (laughs) Has he seen the mess we make? But he keeps choosing it again and again. We can have that slide up. In Matthew 28, Jesus turns to his disciples and says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Now it's, it's remarkable here. If I was Jesus, I think I would have stuck around a little bit longer. Have you ever thought about that? He's spent three years doing ministry, and he, they haven't even begun the church yet. There's been no meetings, there's no ministries, you know, there's nothing established. 
that, you know, maybe I would have waited until, okay, we've got sort of, you know, a little church in Asia Minor and then a church out in Italy somewhere and, you know, kind of got a kind of something I can stand back and look at. But he doesn't do that. He leaves 12 uneducated young adults, millennials, and he says to them, off you go. I'm with you always. But off you go. Go and do what I've done. And in fact, don't just go and do what I've done. Go and start the church. The good news is that um, we don't have to do any of this without God. He doesn't say, right, off you go and do the things I need you to do. He says, I'm off, I'm doing this, you come with me. Because you see, it's not our job to make this happen. God's life is pouring out, his kingdom is pouring out all around us. And our job is to simply say, there it is. To spot it, maybe in someone's life and say, have you seen this? God is, is speaking to you. God is healing you. God is working in this situation. Would you like more? That's all we have to do to partner with God is say, there it is. Would you like some more? That's easy, isn't it? When God heals someone, maybe you're praying for your friend at work for healing, and actually they get a bit of healing. Even if they just have a little bit, they don't get totally healed. And you get to say to them, God did that. Would you like some more? God's life is breaking in there. You know, maybe someone is blessed by some kindness. And you can say, that's not us, that's God. He's blessing you. Would you like some more? Maybe somebody comes to you and says, I've had this dream. And God is clearly speaking to them. And our job, it seems like a a small thing, but our job is to say, God is speaking to you. You know, he's trying to speak to you through that. Would you like to know more about that? And even when someone comes and asks you about your faith, sometimes that can be a bit... Oh, gosh, I've got to have all the answers. But our job is to step back and say, God is working in that person. He's stirring up questions. The Holy Spirit is stirring up questions in people. So when they come to you and ask you a question, our job is to say, there it is. Would you like some more? Really practically at the moment, I think what partnering with God looks like at the most fundamental level, and that is prayer. Um, You know, there's a lot of uncertainty, isn't there? There's a lot of anxiety at the moment. And and I don't want to pretend that's not there. But part of partnering with God is to go, okay, God, I'm feeling all of this. Can I bring this to you? I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to bring this to you. I'm going to share this with you. And God says, great, I can do something with that now. But while we hold it back, while we, while we hold on to the anxiety on the uncertainty of what our current situation is, is bringing, we, we actually hold back from God being able to partner with us. We don't have to bring great goods to God for, us to partner, for him to partner with us. 
We just bring whatever's in our hands. And sometimes that looks like fear. But even that God can use when we bring it to him. And lastly, you know, we are called to partner with him to bring his life into this world. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> you know, so much of what we're talking about here, we've actually talked about over the last couple of years on Sundays. And, we've, and I feel like much of this is kind of distilling down what we've looked at as a community. But, but, but I think that something new here is maybe us unpacking what is the life of God in us? Do you know what it is you're carrying? I don't know if you've ever had an, an experience where you've perhaps got out a bunch of, you know, a big, big load of cash from the bank. Or you've had to carry, you know, get together a whole bunch of cash to deposit it. And you're walking through the street and maybe you've got $1,000 on you or a couple of thousand dollars or something like that. And you think, I've just got to get to the bank, you know. And, and it feels like everyone knows how much you're carrying on you, right? Like you, you've got it hidden, but everyone must know. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes that brings us to that question. Do we know what what we're carrying inside of us. One of the reasons we've spent the last, uh, what is it, 12 weeks through going through Hebrews is because we want to get a deep foundation of the life of God in us. Let me just remind you of a few verses that we've looked at over that series. If you just did that last slide for us. There's a couple of verses here that we've looked at. One of them is Hebrews seven sixteen. We know that, that we know that Christ is our great high priest. But what, what the Hebrews writer is saying here is the reason that he's the great high priest is because not of that he's part of uh, the Levites, not because of his uh, heritage, but because of the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. In the NIV it says the power of an indestructible life. That's what has made him the great high priest. And in Hebrews 2, it says this, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he may break the power of him who holds the power of death. So Jesus' life was so indestructible that when he died, he broke death. Do you get that? When he died, he broke death because the life that he drew into death was so indestructible, death went, hold on a second, that's not meant to happen. That's, you're supposed to succumb to death, but Jesus' life was so indestructible that he didn't. He broke death. And that life, that power of that life now comes and lives in us. It lives in you. If you have believed in Jesus, if you're trusting in him, that powerful life now lives in you. Remember Galatians 2? You have been crucified with Christ. Let me turn the language around. You have been crucified with Christ and you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. That indestructible life is inside you. 
Do you know what you're carrying around inside you? We're going to, like I say, spend a few weeks next term unpacking what that really means because it's huge and it's profound. But right now in this season, I think one of the, the most, what's the word, pressing things is, is a, a great need in our world for hope. There's this deep, deep cry out for hope. There's, you know, it was so good to pray for those families, for these young people. And, and we were very conscious as we were praying that there are those who have taken their lives. But there are many more who are thinking about it, who are, who are in that place of despair. And you know what? This life that lives in us, it is hope to the world. So what we have to do as we walk out these doors is say, Lord, I want to partner with you. Show me how, but let me share it with people. Because our world, you know, is held in slavery by the fear of death. Just as we were. But we are those who've been set free. It's nothing that we've done. We've just got an invitation. But we aren't living under the fear of death anymore. Because when we face that day of death, the life in us will break death. In fact, it is already broken. For us, that day is just a step into eternal life. And so when we bring the life of Jesus into our world, we say there is hope. There can be hope. And so as we share Jesus today, whatever that looks like for you, maybe you are praying for your friends. Maybe you are bringing just encouragement. Maybe you're just seeing someone face to face, going to the park with them or something like that. Remember that even as you speak hope to them, you are sharing the life of Jesus with them. And that's what I'd love to pray for us today, that we would do that. So let's just take some time just to pray and ask the Lord to empower us. You may feel like, I'm, I'm just, you may feel a bit like me. I'm just trying to get through week to week. How am I supposed to get on with this stuff? I'm just trying to figure out week to week. But his call on us hasn't changed. And his spirit has no less of its power that fills us. So can I invite you now, wherever you are, let's just um, take a moment to ask his spirit to come and fill us. And to send his power and to remind us of what we carry. So Lord, we welcome you today. We welcome you today. It may have been a long time since we felt the passion to share you with our friends. We may have felt like it's, our lives have, have shrunk in size over the last little while. Lord, today we ask that you would once again expand us, fill us up. Once again, Lord, turn our eyes outward. Lord, as we cry out for this world, 
as we weep and we love the world as you do. Fill us up, Lord. So wherever you are, just invite your spirit to come now. And if, you, if that's something you would like, that you would love his infilling power again, why don't you just stretch out your hands in front of you? Or you could put a hand on your heart and just say, come, Lord. <clears throat> come, Holy Spirit. Fill me up again. Bring me your power. Remind me, show me again, Lord, of that life that lives in me. Make it real to me today. Not just words on a page, but real. Thank you, Lord. And I think for some this morning, as we talk about some of these things, it's almost like you're, you're remembering that there were things that God had put on your heart. You know, maybe earlier in the year, and, and they've all kind of gone on pause. And perhaps, I think for some of us, or for some of you, maybe even online today, you, you just know that God had asked you to do something. And he's reminding you of that thing. And I just sense the Lord saying, you know what? I've got what you need. You can do it. Go and do it. I have everything you need. So if that's you today, I can encourage you just to just say, Lord, okay, if you'll help me, I'll go. But wherever we are today, Lord, we just surrender all of this to you. Show us where you're working, Lord. Give us eyes to see you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you would like, um, if you're online today and you'd like some, someone to pray with you, we'd love to encourage you to do that. You're, you're very fortunate. We can't really do that very easily here in the room. But if you're online, you can jump on uh, the after-service prayer. You'll see the links on the website. And uh, someone would love to pray for you. And I kind of encourage you, if that's something that's stirring in you, go and ask them just to pray that the Lord would fill you with his spirit and empower you again. Um, it's so good to take the opportunity and to have somebody pray directly with you.